This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Bird Dogging Training Part 2. More clips that if you want to understand your progressive friends and what the vague things they have to say actually mean, you just have to see. You're watching the Propaganda Report podcast. I'm Brad Binkley. If you're not into diving deep on the elaborate brainwashing progressive brainwashing operation going on in this country and what some of these vague, sometimes seemingly ridiculous talking points that are spread mean and how they're spread from person to person, like a virus, like the way they told us that COVID was spread, then this show might, this episode might not be for you. But if you are into that, into really deconstructing the way that they indoctrinate and brainwash people, then this episode is for you because I believe this training is just the perfect illustration of what's going on in America, of how the minds of many Americans have been poisoned with just backwards think and how they've been indoctrinated into taking actions that could very well negatively affect them for the rest of their lives if they end up doing something illegal, which they are encouraged to do. They are encouraged to do things like get arrested because it helps fundraising because it's good for the cause. And it's not the people brainwashing them that go out and do these things. It's the minions who they actually don't really care all that much about. And I feel bad for them, to be honest with you. This stuff is like, what was that guy's name who was a former Soviet spy, Yuri something, and he did the talk back in the 80s about the subversion of America? I've done a deconstruct deconstruction of that uh, maybe a year and a half ago on the show. I can't remember his last name, but this is that subversion of America going on. It just doesn't look like I think that maybe we might have imagined that it would look. It is more it's more coming from liberal white women in their 40s and 60s and liberal white progressive guys between 30 and 50. It's coming from that and not from the Soviet Union. At least it doesn't seem like it's coming from the Soviet Union anyway. Hold on one second. My phone, which I'm filming on, still has its notifications on. I'm going to click that off real quick. All right. There we go. So a brief recap of what we covered yesterday on the subject, because there's a lot here, but I want to make sure we have the necessary foundation. If you want to get a more detailed analysis of the initial programming that we we showed them doing the brainwashing programming. You can watch yesterday's show. But we went through that initial brainwashing session where they use questions and weird word bubbles to program their activist in training, their bird doggers in training with what's at stake to make them feel they just had to take action. It's all about getting them off the couch and getting them to go do these very aggressive bird dogging style activist actions, which quite honestly is criminal. They show an example of a guy committing a crime. I don't think they called the police, but they could have called the police. So they're conditioning people to engage in criminal activity, something that is a scary thing for people to do. So they need to get them ready mentally. They need to get them ready emotionally. So they got them ready by providing them with answers for what's at stake and then hooking it to an emotion. And that emotion that they hooked it to 
was then spun. We have you emotionally ready. We have you psychologically ready. Here's an example of how to do what we're training you to do. And then the guy kind of modeled their emotions. And I'm going to show you again the bird dogging example that I showed yesterday. I'm not going to show you the whole thing. I'm just going to show where it starts to get tense. That's where we're going to start. And what happened at the beginning of this video, you can't hear the audio and all of it, so I'm not going to start w with that portion because it's just, it's muffled. But this activist guy, he's the head of one of the indivisible groups from maybe Ohio, or no, in Texas, in Texas. And Ted Cruz was in the same sushi place that he was, which pretty certain that he knew Ted Cruz was going to be there, even though he says otherwise. But I'll, I'll show you why in some of the subsequent clips that we play of him. And he goes up to Ted Cruz and asks Ted Cruz if he can take a picture with him. And Ted Cruz gets up and you can see them taking a picture. That's where the video starts. The activist's wife is taking the photo, because they or the video, and they, they plan this whole thing out. And right after the photo is taken, the woman says, Photos taken, great job, whatever. The guy turns to Ted Cruz and starts shouting slogans at him right in his face. And then he gets quickly aggressive. You can see the veins bulging in his neck. He's getting real tense. Ted Cruz, again, I'm not a big Ted Cruz fan. I mock Ted Cruz quite a bit. But if you're a politician these days, yes, you got to be a good liar, but you also have to be good at not reacting to people who are trying to provoke you into a reaction because anything that you do will be spun on its head. Like this guy, honestly, watching this video, most people probably would have smacked him. But you can't do that because that is what he wants. That's what bird dogging is. It's going to get punched in the face while somebody is filming so you can then blast it to media, fundraise off of it, and use it to make the other side look like they are evil and like they refuse to answer questions. There are no questions involved. This is shouting talking points. And that's what the guy's doing here. So I'm going to start the clip about halfway through when you can kind of start to understand what some of the audio is. Just to give you a refresher, this is the example that they're teaching these people who are trying to learn bird dogging. You need to be like this. And it's pretty extraordinary in my opinion. It's criminal activity. Here it is. Let me get that clip up there. I think this is the right one. Oh, Matt, for tonight. And skip that. Not there. We're going to go about to right. All right, so you see the thought bubbles on screen. These are the thought bubbles they use to program their minds. And, okay, about right here. Here we are. You can see the guy on screen getting visually tense, and he starts waving his arms around in front of Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz, at this point, tries to walk around him and leave. He's with his family having dinner, and the guy keeps stepping in front of him. So he's refusing to let Ted Cruz leave. And then what we see is we see people come into frame who appear to work at the restaurant. And then what appears to be a manager of the restaurant. These don't appear to be Ted Cruz's goons or something like that. They see someone in their restaurant who is causing a scene and assaulting someone. Not, not battery. Assault is when it's the threat of violence. So not actually physical violence. That's the one thing I remember from law school. Battery is actual violence. But this is definitely assault, very close to battery, because the guy waves his hands around in front of Ted Cruz's face, nearly hits him a couple of times. I'll let the clip play. He's talking about gun control. So he's shouting uh, gun control talking points. It was the NRA convention or something like that in Texas. And that's why Ted, well, Ted Cruz, I think he's, he's a Texas, he lives in Texas, but that's why the guy's using the gun control talking points. Look at that bulge in his neck. He's just, the guy looks like he went and did a bunch of cocaine in the bathroom and jacked himself up to go get in Ted Cruz's face.
Look at him get down. So he's stepping in front of Cruz, not letting him leave, and he's jerking his arms away. There's a somebody asking him to leave the works there. So mind you, later during this training, he tells these people that he's training that he was just simply trying to ask questions. Just simply trying to ask questions. He's not asking questions. He's getting in his face, animated. He's clearly jacked up. And, I mean, this is a, a physical confrontation right here. Again, I make fun of Ted Cruz a lot, but Ted Cruz handled it well. It would have been very easy to just have smacked this guy. This is a little guy. The guy knows that Ted Cruz can't do anything. He's in a situation where there's people around, and he knows that he can be as obnoxious and abrasive as possible without anything actually happening to him. And in fact, if something did happen to him, it would be good for the cause he's trying to get. He would love to get it on camera, getting smacked in the face. This is what bird dogging is. Here's the. And now there's three people pulling this out, and there's people walking by this man in the restaurant who are kind of like laughing, like, "What is this guy doing?" And now we have at least three, yeah, two guys who look like they're security at the restaurant. Three guys actually, and then what looks like the restaurant manager coming up and they've been asking him to leave and now they're trying to kind of guide him out and he refuses. He's jerking his arms away. He's being violent. This is a crime he's committing. <laughs> jerking his arms away again, getting in Ted Cruz's face with his hands, pushing up against the guy who's trying to ask him to leave. And now he's acting like he's the victim. He's not just talking. His wife just said he's just talking. No, he's not. He is using by. He's pushing up against people asking him to leave. When 19 children died, 19 children died. That's what they really want to get the audio of there. You know, come to think of it, they probably sweetened that audio and they probably lowered the audio and the other stuff because they didn't want everybody to hear all of it. They wanted to make sure you heard 19 people died and that's what they wanted. They wanted that clip of him getting looking like he's getting drug out and he's being wronged. He's not being wronged. He is the person in the wrong who is doing the criminal activity. Anybody seeing this, that's evidently clear. And it's real easy, man. It's real easy to go pick a fight with somebody when you know the person you're picking a fight with can do nothing. You can be a real big man. And that's what they train people to do in bird dogging. Find people in situations where they are unable to actually react and just be a complete jerk and, and commit a crime. Th that was assault. They could have called the police on him, but they did not. This is another clip that I played yesterday. And, you know, I think it's worth playing this again, actually, just to give you an idea of his mindset. Then we'll go into how it all went down. This is him kind of wrapping up what people need to know towards the end of the training session. Again, I did play this yesterday, but I, I think this is important. This is the mindset they're trying to instill into these people. Here he is talking about kind of his takeaway points that the bird doggers in training need to remember. These folks need to know that if you're going to be extreme with your views and you're going to be vocal with your views and, and that's how you're going to approach life and democracy, then you need to know that if you're out there in public, that you're going to be confronted and you're going to, you're going to have an uncomfortable moment. And I go back to that moment with like being there with Ted Cruz. He was there with his family. His daughters were there. His wife was right there. Elderly people were there, right? And those were all considerations. Like, I don't know if they're grandparents or whatnot, but I'm saying those were all considerations. But who admits that? 
Who admits his wife was there, his children were there, elderly people were there, but I did it anyway because I had. He admits that as though that's a brave thing to admit. This is a cowardly thing to admit. This is scum of the earth. I know people like this guy. This guy is slimy. He's manipulative. He's deceitful. I'm surprised that he's married, that his wife hasn't realized that he's not straight yet. This is not a person who it has the best interest of anyone in mind. This is a person who cares about his own political rise, at least in my experiences with people like this guy. I've seen people behave in this way before. Trying for It doesn't matter that there was all these people there because it just mattered so, so much that I had to step up to this guy. And he's doing it so they can fundraise, so they can build their little organizational weapon that they have here. And in some of the clips, you will see the, I can't remember what it's called, but they, there's a term for it where people would get away with stuff when they're describing, even after they've been arrested, they're describing how they got away with something and they have kind of a little smirk because it satisfies them, their ability to deceive people. And, and this guy has this throughout his conversation. He thinks he is, he thinks his, you know, he, he thinks he's a bad A when, when, honestly, I've never seen a bigger coward than this in, in my life. I mean, what a scum of the earth, the children, grandmothers. You know, but at the same time, I think what we have to do is, you know, we have to make them know that you're going to be extreme with your position. So if you go out in public and you run into somebody, we're going to challenge you, right? And that's going to be an uncomfortable moment for you. I'm not saying that's a solution. I'm just also saying that that's part of the consequence of you having your extreme positions and we can't stand for that, right? It doesn't get us any closer to, to a solution or a part where we're, where, um, we are, um, you know, uh, more unified in this country. But I think it also helps inspire people to say, you know what, we can do this too. And the more of us there are. That's what it's about. As he's telling this story to inspire those people watching to be as much of a scumbag as he is. They're trying to train people to be literal scumbags who commit crimes in public against public officials in circumstances where they know nothing can be done to them. This is coward training. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details in the world and the more of us see them because they will encounter other people, you know, whether, when they're out and the more of us are inspired by these actions, the more they're going to feel the pressure. Again, I'm not saying that it's going to change it. I'm just saying there are consequences for their extreme position. These are just the natural consequences. You're going to be that extreme. You're going to have people that are going to confront you, whether you're in the theater with your family, whether you're in the grocery store, whether you're walking your dog, like that's to me, like where we're at now. Right. And I'm not advocating for violence or anything like that. Um, he was committing a crime. He was committing assault. He's not advocating for violence. I'm advocating. He's trying to provoke violence and get it on camera so that he looks like the victim of it. Kating for, if you come into my space or Basics. our paths cross, whether intentional or not planned, you know, uh, with the good folks that, that Bobby's planning for, whether our path, paths cross, you know, you're going to feel some of that uh, in your space. So I think there's value in doing it for that. Yeah, there's, yeah th that guy is the scum of the earth right there. And honestly, pray for him. This is not a person who can get in any physical confrontation. This guy's never been in an actual physical confrontation in his life. And if you were to get in a physical confrontation with him, it would be like fighting a baby. 
It's just, it's not something you would want to do. Pray for this man to see the error of his ways and pray for the people who are watching this training to have something go off in their mind to say, wait a minute, what is this guy describing? Literally assaulting people who are with their children and elderly people and there's families around because of, of his agenda. I mean, this is not a good person who's being, he's talking like he's some heroic figure. I mean, the idea of, of heroism among these people is, is it's a bit strange. Okay, here is him talking about how it all went down, specifically highlighting in this clip what the, the most painful thing about this incident was for him about rewatching this incident. Yeah, I think just even watching that, it just, it's painful for, you know, I tell people like getting dragged out of the restaurant, that wasn't the painful part. It's every time I watch this, it is just the indifference. He was only dragged out of the restaurant because he refused to leave. And every time Ted Cruz tried to pass, he stepped in front of him. He was being aggressive. He was committing a crime. Of people in power, specifically Ted Cruz and others. Take that back a little bit. Yeah, I think just even watching that, it just it's painful for, you know, I tell people like getting dragged out of the restaurant. That wasn't the painful part. It's every time I watch this, it is just the indifference of people in power, specifically Ted Cruz and others, that that is the most painful thing, right? And it just brought brought it back. Okay, so the most painful fa- thing for him is the indifference of Ted Cruz. Obviously, he's going to give an explanation of what the right way to react to his little provocation was. Of course he's not. I would love to hear him, though, tell, tell us, how could Ted Cruz have reacted and it not ended up the way that it did. What circumstances could have come together where he would not have gotten aggressively in Cruz's face and then when he was asked to leave, refused to leave and then pushed up against all the people asking him to leave physically, violently. And what circumstances would have made him go, oh, this is refreshing. You are willing to have a conversation. I would love to hear that because we're not going to hear that because the goal is not to have a conversation despite what they might tell people. The goal is to get drug out so he can do this, so he can play the victim and the hero. You know, just, just watching that. All right. So next he's gonna, it's the words I have for this guy. I can't even say them right now. I, I, I feel bad for him, honestly, but he's also very manipulative. He is a slimy, slimy individual. But he goes on to give you a nice illustration of really the type of character that he is and some of the background behind this bird-dogging action. So I think that, yes, it was during the NRA convention. I I like to tell people I was in a space already, and and it was destiny because... All right, so the NRA convention was in town. It was right near this restaurant. And he is telling the story about how this was just happenstance. He happened to run into Ted Cruz, which there's a couple of tells in here that, it, for my opinion, tells you that he's blatantly lying about that, that he knew exactly where Ted Cruz was going to be. But I, I will I'll let you hear his little story here. So the NRA convention is in town, which means it's time to do some bird dogging. Um, you know, a, a day prior... Uh, a day prior to the uh, to the NRA convention, my friend calls me. It was a Wednesday night. He calls me and he says, hey, I got an idea. Like, we run businesses. We're, like, both busy. And I was like, what's the idea? He said, he's the president of Indivisible here at Houston. We're on the board. He's like, I got these cutouts of Ted Cruz. Let's go right on the chest. I kill or I murder children. Teacher, let's go leave them at the front of the NRA convention. Let's just go. And I was like, yeah, like, what else could we be doing right now, right? 
what is, yeah, what, what else could we be doing right now? It's like if there's people who are drowning in the hurricane or they're, they're stranded in their homes and you say, you know, we have a boat. We should go ride down the water and see if we can help rescue some of them. Yeah, what else should we be doing right now? Right. He has that kind of mentality for writing sign, writing I kill children on Ted Cruz cutouts and leaving them at the NRA convention. This is the type of person this is. This is the scum of the earth. Yeah, what else could we be doing right now? What a cuck. So we go the next morning, we go leave these, we take the pictures, you know, they make the circuit in the, in the, you know, in the news and in sort of in our progressive circles. Um, the next day, so that was Thursday, the next day, Friday, like my company, uh, we volunteered to do the live streaming for the protest, um, you know, pro bono services to like get this thing out into the community. So, I so again, he knew where the NRA convention was, where to leave these cutouts. He knew where the live streaming needed to be done for the protest. So he knows where everything is happening, yet he's going to try and tell us that he just lucked into running into Ted Cruz. I was like at the protest outside and our team was there videoing it, putting on the internet. So I was like in this space already. Space already. Finished the event, hot, sweaty, like let me go home, change. And, and my wife and I, we, we have a Friday nights and we go to dinner. I like to go to sushi at this particular restaurant. And so, you know, we get there and we, as we're, you know, we eat and as we're finishing, like I turn around and I see Ted Cruz walking in like with his family. And I'm like, this fucker like that was i'm sorry but sorry i don't know if i but like it's just the thing that i'm like how can you just be here just like nothing right one like when this just happened in texas but just walk in here. how can you exist how can you just exist like it's nothing here after you spoke at the nra convention and just like show up like nothing right that it was just like my first and immediate reaction. So a lot of people tell me like, was this stage that it was like, were you stalking him? How did you know? If, like, no, I was just trying to have dinner. But if you're going to enter the space where I am in, we're going to have a conversation because I was there first. Very right? tough guy. Um, okay. So if you enter the space he's in, we're going to have a conversation as long as there's a bunch of people around and I know nothing can happen to me. This guy's a coward. The picture of a coward, but he's a slimy man. He's like, one of those characters on the Game of Thrones shows or the whatever the new one is, where it's always the the guy who like he's like a little finger type character. He's just a slimy, manipulative guy and he's trying to manipulate these people into being like him, which is you don't want anybody to be like this guy. But first of all, I don't believe that he didn't know Ted Cruz was gonna be there. My guess is this sushi restaurant is where a lot of these people who go to the NRA convention go afterwards and that they were well aware that Ted Cruz was going to be there. But there is a reason that they are trying to make it look like he just lucked into this because they have they compare and contrast. They say, here's what you can do if you happen to run into somebody. If you put yourself in a circumstance outside of a political event and you happen to see one of these people that you need to bird dog. So they, they're giving them the scenarios that they might face and preparing them for them because right after him, they contrast it with, we had the spontaneous scenario. Now we have the planned scenario. And that's where they want to equip these activists with all hands on deck, ready to act at any time. And that's the reason he's making up this lie, in my opinion, about not knowing Ted Cruz was going to be there. This guy, this guy follows Ted Cruz everywhere. There's no doubt about it. He probably is in love with Ted Cruz, if we're being honest. So, yeah. So that's that's kind of how we got to where we got. Yeah, that's how I got I don't believe that. Not for one second. All right, next. What's he talking about in this next clip? Uh, this guy, what do you guys think about this guy? In the comments, wherever you're watching this, tell me what your opinion of this guy is. I, I Again, I, I don't want... So even doing shows like this sometimes because of all the doxing and stuff that goes on, I've, it's come into my mind where I've been like, oh man, I show these clips of these crazy activists saying things and they really are. I don't think this guy in his life right now is being a good person. 
I think everybody lives a life where at times we don't do the best things. Other times we're great. We do amazing things. And this guy might have been a great person at other points in his life. Right now, he seems like a slimy skis ball. And I don't want anything to happen to him, though. I, I, I want people to recognize his manipulation. I want people who are being trained by him to see that he is not leading them down a good path, that he is leading them astray, that he doesn't actually care about them, and that hopefully maybe one day he will find the light. But I am adamantly opposed to any type of doxing or anything against people. I, I as much as I, people can be shitty, quite honest with you, excuse my language, we all can at certain points in time, but we can also be amazing. He's being shitty right now. Hopefully that changes in the future for him. But right now, man, I do not like him at all. All right, now comes the real instructive part of the exercise. What you do if you find yourself in a sushi restaurant after a convention and you happen to come across someone like Ted Cruz or anyone who disagrees with you, this is what action you need to take. So it sounded like you really kept that open to like take advantage of that spontaneous opportunity that presented. And did you do a little bit of planning before you approached him because I saw you sign you know uh look like you were um friendly taking a picture with him and then shifted to his uh, yeah I, I um you know I'm just like him rubbing his ear just like a, a skis ball man this guy's so satisfied with himself <laughs> and I'm like they're gonna fall for this bit every time like Ted Cruz you're not that popular man you know what I mean? So like if people are coming and asking to take a picture, like, you know, be a little suspicious, man. But that was the best game plan I had. So I want to say something there. He's not wrong about maybe being a little suspicious there. But what a horrible thing he is creating in society with stuff like this, where someone who might actually like Ted Cruz. I, look, Ted Cruz is, is an easy person to dislike. But let's say it's someone who there are people who like him, though. OK, and there are people who might want to have their picture taken with him and who because of this guy who go up to him and, and say, hey, I'd love to get my picture taken with you. It's like somebody who doesn't get an autograph from their favorite baseball player who walks by. They're like, oh, why wouldn't they sign my autograph? I thought they were cooler than that. Ted Cruz might not do pictures with people in the future who might genuinely like him for whatever reason because of people like this, because of the level of distrust that's created. He's exploiting this. So he's ruining, ruining it for other people who genuinely like people. And if someone comes up to you and expresses, hey, I, I like you, I would like... Uh, most people on the planet will say, okay, yeah, I'll take a picture with you because most people are going to be like, that's nice. And, and this is an exploitation. He's just so satisfied with him with these creepy smiles about getting away with it. He thinks he's so clever. He's not. He, he just exploits trust is all he's doing. And he's exploiting the trust of these people that he's training in this uh, indivisible bird dogging training right now. So, but, but let me take you through what happened. So I saw him, I had that immediate reaction. I'm like, I got to do something. So I knew I was like, I'm in this space. I need to do something. Right? I need to confront this I'm in this space. It's not his space person because I, it's just not, it is, it's something, let me take you through what happened. So I saw him, I had that immediate reaction. I'm like, I got to do something. So I knew I was like, I'm in this space. I need to do something, right? I need to confront this person because I, it's just not, it is, it's something that I have to do. I'm here, you know, and how unlucky, right? That like you're Ted Cruz, you're going to show up in the same restaurant where like a board member of Indivisible is going to be like, come on, like something's going to go down, you know, and uh that right there. Okay. So he acts like this is something that he's never done before because he's trying to mirror the emotions and the feelings of those he's training. He's trying to make it seem as though he was just like them and this incident happened and he was able to do it. Therefore, you can too. But you know that that's not true. 
because he's like, if you come into a space, my space, uh, my sushi space, and uh, the head of Indivisible, well, how unlucky Ted Cruz is. I mean, I got him. I, I got him. Uh, this guy's done this a lot, okay? He's pretending not to have done it, but he can't just, he's so happy with himself. He's not good at lying about that. Um, so I got to be honest with you, like immediately I got I got on on Signal and like I texted our our, our group, our Indivisible group, and I was like, y'all, Ted Cruz is here. Give me your ideas, right? We went through like a lot of ideas, right? Some of them, and I was, I was telling Kim Kimberly that like some of them included like tossing some red wine on him, right? Like, but ultimately, like we we went through all of those things, but ultimately I just came back and I was like, I just have to confront him and just ask him direct questions, right? Okay, he didn't ask him questions. No, he, he shouted talking points at him. There was no questions asked. There was no convert there's no opportunity for conversation. In Ted Cruz's defense, he did direct him towards speeches. He did attempt to kind of calmly engage. And again, a lot of people don't like Ted Cruz. I make fun of Ted Cruz a lot. He handled the situation pretty well. He did not react to the provocation, yet they're still kind of spinning it against him. But this guy here, throwing the red wine, the signal app, that signal app is an important part of this training because what they try and do with all these activists is they have to remove the barriers to action. I've told you about how they get them. They give them call scripts and tell them they need to call their congressmen and senators in their districts and say these specific things. I, I made some videos where I called mine, and I just read the call scripts verbatim regardless of what they said, which you actually see that happen here strangely in this activist training is pretty funny. I think it's funny because you see that they're just robots. But the reason they give you scripts is so you don't have to come up with something to think of. And then they actually took away, I had to dial it on my phone when I did it. But they took that away because dialing it is, it's an obstacle to taking action. So they made it a push button thing where you can just push the button in your email. You don't have to look up who your congressperson is or your senator, and it directly connects you to their office. Remove all barriers to action. That's what the signal app thing is. So you find yourself in, in a space and somebody like Ted Cruz happens to come in there. Instantly, because you've been programmed with this indoctrination, this mind control, you're like, okay, everything is at stake. I have to do something. I have to be like my indivisible leader. But what? What's the right thing to do? And so that doubt right there, that doubt that comes into their mind is an obstacle to action. So how do you overcome that doubt? I go to my Signal app where my army of other indivisible activists are there to support me and tell me exactly what to do. So that Signal app is removing the barrier to having to come up with something on your own. This is all very strategic. These people, I mean, they're ridiculous and they're in a lot of ways a joke, but they are effective at some things. And this tactic here is an effective tactic they're using. Um, and, and that sort of, so between from when, like I saw him walk in to like actually going, you know, it was maybe about 20 minutes. And in that, I also talked to my wife. I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I need you to like, you know, record this and we're going to do Dare the, He tell his wife what to do, support the patriarchy like that picture thing. I hope it works. Um, and then, uh, you know, just keep the phone and like your job is just, just keep recording go from start to finish, keep recording this thing. Right. Cause I didn't know what was going to happen. A couple of things that happened uh, too, is I also, you know, in Houston, we have really great restaurants. If you've never been here, it's like great food culture restaurants. And so I also just like in this process, I'd like, I don't know if I'm going to make it back to my seat. So I need to finish dinner. I need to pay, leave the server a big tip because like, I'm not like whatever goes down after this. It's just like, I, I just, I don't know why in my brain I was like, I need to take care of our server. Um, okay. That's not a sincere guy at all. I, I, I highly doubt he took care of a server. This is part of the story. He probably didn't tip his server or anything, but the whole idea here is I didn't know I was going to make it back to my seat. No, he knew he was not going to make it back to his seat because if he did make it back to his seat, then he would have failed at bird dogging. 
because bird dogging is not going to ask a question, having a conversation kindly, and then going to sit back down and say, that was refreshing. We can agree on some things, even though we agree, disagree on others. That's not what bird dogging is. The purpose of bird dogging is getting thrown out and getting it on camera. That's why he knew he wouldn't get back to his seat. So he had to go ahead and pay because he knew he wasn't coming back. And he knew he was already going to be committing one crime. He didn't want to be slapped with another. So anyways, um, you know, I did the, the take a picture bit, right? And I was also like, by the way, I'm going to point this out again. The guy is wearing in this activist training, a army greenish Vladimir Zelensky shirt. And here, I'll show you in that video again. If you look back at the video, when he's in the restaurant, Actually, I don't have it up there anymore. He's wearing the same shirt, okay? He's wearing the same shirt here that he wore in the restaurant, and it's an army green Vladimir Zelensky-like shirt. He's trying to do that whole symbol. This is such a joke. You know, record this, and we're going to do the picture thing. I hope it works. Um, and then, uh, you know, just keep the phone, and, like, your job is just just keep recording. Go from start to finish. Keep recording this thing, right? Because I didn't know what was going to happen. A couple things that happened, uh, too, is I also, you know, in Houston, we have really great restaurants. If you've never been here, it's, like, great food culture restaurants. And so I also just, like, in this process, I'd like, I don't know if I'm going to make it back to my seat. So I need to finish dinner. I need to pay, leave the server a big tip because like, I'm not like whatever goes down after this. It's just like, I, I just, I don't know why in my brain I was like, I need to take care of our server. Uh, um, so anyways, um, you know, I did the, the take a picture bit. Right. And I was also like bit. trying to be like extra sneaky because I was like, surely you're not going to fall for this again. Right. So I walk up and I was like, I just remember this. It was like a blur because from the moment that I got up to when I walked to him, like, it was just like, go. Like I wasn't. It was a blur because he blacked out, I guess, because he was so animated and jacked up. Maybe he did a line of blow in the bathroom. The guy was aggressive. You saw that. Ted Cruz is going to fall for it again. He, he's so satisfied about his manipulation. I mean, he's shown that he will lie. He's teaching people to lie, to be deceptive, and, and then be aggressive and commit crimes. Thinking, I was just like, go do it. And I remember leaning in. And I was like, excuse me, Senator. I'm so sorry to bother you. Because you know, I'm trying to seem like extra friendly. I was like, when you are done. Not now. Like, like, please just finish dinner. And then when you're done, like, can we get a picture? He started to get up and I was like, no, 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 please, please take your time. Like, no, no, I don't want to interrupt your dinner. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's, it, let's do this now. And I was like, we're going to do, okay, we're going to do this now then. All right. Well, come on. Okay. Like, like he's in a fight. Oh, we're going to do this now. This guy's never been in a fight in his life. Let, let's do this now. You know, but I was, I, that was only my approach because like, these are folks that don't, like open themselves for questions or constituents, you know, I'm a Texan, I'm a, you know, a, 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 a person here, you know, he's my representative. And so if this is how I have to approach him. That's what I'm going to do. Um, so, yeah, so that's how, like, we got from that moment to the other moment. And there was a little bit of thinking through what was going to happen. There was a lot of thinking through what was going to happen. He goes into some of that strategy in the next clip here. What these people do is they often pretend to be constituents of the people they're bird dogging. And one of the later presenters, which I have some clips from her, which we might get to today, she admits that she isn't actually the constituent. Not during the training. In the video, you hear her shout, I, I, I could be one of your constituents after claiming in the training she is. And this guy, you can tell the way he hesitates, in my opinion. I seriously doubt he is actually one of the one of the constituents. They don't want people to just do it to people who they live in the district. They want them to do it to anyone who is a public figure who disagrees with them. This is indoctrination going on right here. All right. So the next clip here, this is an interesting one here because 
He talks about going viral. He's asked about kind of the aftermath, how they made everything go viral in the aftermath. And he does make an important distinction. I'll let you hear what he has to say. Let's talk a little bit about afterwards. Um, how did you amplify? Because it's had quite a good little viral moment. How did you handle the press and things afterwards? Yeah, so I think this is, again, sort of like, you know, where, where people ask us about, like, or, or ask me and then, like, the, our Indivisible group is like, well, did y'all plan this? How does this go? And I was like, no, I mean, like, we happen to be in the same space at the same time. And I was going to take the opportunity to do it. But at the same time, there was a lot of strategic yeah, thought of into that. Because, like, you know, I told you we had, uh, like, our, our, our signal chat going. And so, like, Daniel, who's, like, the president of Indivisible, he's like, okay, man, if you do this, like, he, one, he said, like, do what you need to do, right? We're behind you, right? Whatever you do, let me know. And then I will get a press release ready. And so this was Friday already, like 8 or 8.30 at night. So I think there was a lot of thought and intentional strategy into like what happens afterward. And that happened in those 20 minutes. It's like, we film it and whatever happens, we put it out, right? Because the point is not going, being popular or being viral. The point is, Here's a representative who can't answer a basic question because what I asked, I didn't. He was not asked a question. He was shouted, had talking points shouted at him. This is a rewriting of what happened. You just saw the video. But he's brainwashing these people into thinking that what they witnessed wasn't what actually happened. Ask him about all the things that I would like to see about gun violence. And good. I started with a basic question and said, background checks, man. Can, can we get like the most basic thing? And if you no, can't. No, he did not do that. As you see what he's saying here, there's no vein bulging from his neck and he's not throwing his arms around in somebody's face and shouting his talking boy he wasn't asking a question he was shouting with an exclamation point at the end no question mark answer that we're going to expose you yeah, right. right and so this guy is probably very versed in exposing himself if i had to imagine i don't want to imagine but likely he is thought process behind was like okay get the video we'll put the video out i'll get draft a press release you know we'll get the tweet uh, tweet ready a post on facebook ready and so like the moment i left so this is all before he did this in the restaurant this whole strategy let's go ahead and get the press release ready let's get the tweet ready let's go ahead and try and make this a viral moment yeah this is just a happenstance thing yeah right right like you know we we got out of the restaurant i'm looking at the video and, you know, I immediately I noticed the video, you know, had like phones, they like automatically. So it was landscape, but then it like rotated at some point. So we needed to do quick editing. So luckily I run a production company. Right. So I sent it to my team. I was like, hey, can you just like edit this thing or just I could have done it on my phone. But I was like just still trying to process this moment and figure out why my shoe was torn. Right, because you know, you like I got torn in this, you know, so I sent it to them. They fixed it, sent it to Daniel. He put the press release together. He sent it out. You know, we had the content. So it was like ready to go pretty quickly afterwards. And I think that was kind of like one of the intentional strategies that we thought about before. Okay, so yeah, that, that, is, that is how they do this stuff, is they have a system, a network set up that they connect with the national indivisible groups where they, they're trained, as they're training these people to do, to get the stuff on camera, and then they get the press release ready, and it's, they stay on, they have messaging, they stay on, which they do talk about in a minute, and then they have the national groups, the one that do have wide influence spread it as far and wide as they can, the multiplier effect, and then they connect them with friendly media locally and friendly media nationally and even friendly media internationally, which he speaks about here in a moment. But he does make an important distinction here because going viral is an obstacle to action. If people attempt to do these things and they follow the steps they're given and they don't go viral, it can be demoralizing. They compare themselves to his viral moment he helps people overcome that fear right here. There is power, even if nobody sees this. If nobody but yourself sees it, 
if you do, the, the video stops recording, whatever it is, there is power in letting people know these elected officials that you are going to be confronted. So it's worth doing for that. But if you can amplify that message and show other people that you can do this too, that is also an added layer of benefit. And that's what we were thinking about as well in that process. Okay, so you don't have to go viral. You still need to do it. And as I said, the worry about going viral is, uh, it's, um, you know, it'll, it'll stop action. If you do what you're told and it just doesn't go viral, you'll get demoralized. In stand-up comedy, if you're trying to be stand-up comic and you go to open mics all of the time and every night you go to an open mic and your goal at the open mic is to kill every single night, then you're going to fail and you're going to be demoralized because open mics are not set up to kill every night. Because oftentimes there's TVs on in the back. The people who are there are there to watch a game. They're not there to, to see comedy. It's, it's like a, a rowdy bar that uh, open mic night just happened to also be going on at the same time. And there, oftentimes there's not even anybody there except other comedians. So if you set yourself up to fail if your goal is to kill every night. If your goal, however, is to go try new stuff and to go work on the ways you deliver stuff and be see if you can get one or two people's attention who are watching TV, then you set yourself up to do things you can actually accomplish. So you're evaluating your yourself on uh, realistic terms. And that's kind of what he just did there. The goal for these activists are training is not to go viral. The goal is for them to just harass people, commit crimes even when they see public officials who disagree with them. If they are able to go viral, if they capture something on camera that is useful to the national indivisible group, then they will go viral. But that's just icing on the cake. So don't worry. If you don't go viral, we will praise you even if hardly anybody sees it as long as you confront these people who disagree with you. That's the message. That is how he's helping them overcome that obstacle to action. Okay, now he's asked about whether or not he got interviews afterwards. Uh, you know, this viral moment and what happened. I want you to watch the look on his face, his smug face, the smirk he gets, the satisfaction he gets for those who are watching about how his little trick worked. Here he is. Did you get any interviews afterwards oh from local media or no? Oh my God, look, look at that smirk on his face. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, I mean, he, he is having an orgasm under the table right now. He is so satisfied with himself. This is an egomaniacal person who got made fun of when he was a kid and just loves, loves deceiving and lying to people now to get back at people. Tell us a little about how you managed those. Hey, I was not expecting that. Like uh, to me, it was like, you know, I, I confronted Ted Cruz. I was not expecting. I think this is where Daniel was a lot wiser in recognizing that this could be something because he did send it out to the press list. He did like, you know, he, he already is press list for other things that we do. And that week I got nearly, you know, in the days following nearly about 30, 30 interviews that I did from national, local, uh, overseas, you know, I did a a Canadian thing. I did a French thing. Um, and I did just a bunch of like media interviews and I think this is also where the team at Indivisible like was thoughtful, right? Because they were like, dude, if this goes anywhere, you're going to need like some help. And I didn't understand that until it started happening because I got hit on my DMs and Instagram, no DMs on Twitter. I was getting emails. Here's the thing. They do understand this because they have Indivisible guides that lay all of this out. This guy is simply trying to model the feelings of those he's training again. He's a liar. And so what we did is we had already a strategy to funnel everything to Indivisible and they would break out those requests and vet them and say, this is a, a news organization that we want to speak to because in these. That's important because they claim to be a grassroots organization. They're not. They're funded by the big guys 
up at the top. They are propped up by the establishment. They're all over MSNBC, all over CNN. And whenever they have one of these moments, they always bring in the national indivisible group and they always control the message and they always try and make it appear to be grassroots bottom up. It's always top down. These days and times, right? Like not only like we have to also, you know, do that reverse vetting of who we're talking to. Um, and then they were just filtering those onto me and then I would reach out and respond. But if I didn't have help, that would have been overwhelming. In fact, I still think that I, I missed one or two, but it cause just so many things were happening all at once, even with guy. help. Yeah, even with help. Okay. So this guy's full of shit. Excuse my language. I, I, I just, I have a hard time not swearing when I see stuff like this there. But we see the uh, National Indivisible Group takes over. And this is the guy. This is the hero. This guy right here who abuses people and assaults people in public in front of their elderly grand grandparents and their children and their wives. And probably every time he – he probably cheats at chess with anal beats. He probably loves cheating at chess in that way. Like that's the only reason he plays chess is so that he can cheat at it. Here he is giving his final piece of advice. Yeah, I think that, um, well, well, two things. One, um, you know, on, on the press side, it was, we were always conscious of, and, and I think we knew this instinctively sort of as activists is to keep the message the same. And so, yep. you know, even though we talked about it the morning afterward, like, look, you. when you get hit with these interviews, keep the message the same. And it is on, you know, Ted Cruz, we need to do something about gun violence. You know, these are basic things. Why can't we do them? Right. And stick. So he started off by saying he was asking questions and trying to have a conversation. But when the whole concept is to have message discipline, which he's going to drop that term here in a second, keep the message the same. You can't have a conversation if you're training people that they must only say certain messages and they must only retweet certain messages. These people are not allowed any thought. They're being convinced that they're supposed to stop people from spreading disinformation. At the same time, they're being told not to engage in it or even look at it, and they're being told exactly how to respond. This is brainwashing. This is indoctrination. You are not to think on your own, slave. You are to listen to this cuck who loves to cheat at chess all the time and do what he tells you to do and say what he tells you to say. Sticking to that message and having message discipline. So number one, right? Um, and number two, I would say like, Y'all, I've never done anything like this Bullshit. in my life. I'm like, I'm a back, per, you know, I'm on the behind the scenes. Like I told you what my company does, we do behind the scenes thing. You know, I'd never done anything like this in my life. It was scary. There was Number two, I'm just like you. Number one, just say what, what you're told to say. Number two, I'm just like you. I'd never done this. You can do it too. You can be a puppet too. It was fear, like, like not knowing, like I've never done this. But to me, it was like, I mean, who else, right? Like. You're on the board of Indivisible Houston, Ted Cruz. Like, I mean, it's just like it was I needed to do something. But the point is that I'd never done anything like that. And right. in that process, I discovered one thing that's very Himself. powerful for me. Yeah. It's that while I've never done anything like that before, now I know the moment when, you know, whether it's my if in the future it becomes a mayor I disagree with or a Mitch McConnell or a Donald Trump or whoever, I know whoever. what to do now whoever. right? because I've been through that experience. And it's just about doing and just understanding, hey, these are just other human beings. They might seem like whoever they are, but they're other human beings. You just got to figure out how to get close and hold them accountable. And I think that was something, a, a, a bridge that I crossed. You just have to figure out how to get close to them. What a creepy thing to say that night because now if i'm like walking in the airport and i see one of them i know what i gotta do and it's not even i don't even have to like get on signal i'm like i know what i need to do right we might get on signal to plan but the point is as another citizen human being on this planet i know how to hold somebody else accountable like that that i had just like only seen as a figure uh and now i'm like 
listen, man, we're just like, we're going to talk. You and I, we're going to talk. But they're not talking. He's shouting at them. And this guy would never have an actual real conversation or get into an actual confrontation that was not protected by the the culture where the other person can't do something. And honestly, I'm glad because he is not someone who looks like he would do well in a physical fight. And so he should not be in one. And the thing is, again, I'm going to emphasize this again. If you see this guy around, just laugh at him because he wants people to physically assault him because that would make him the martyr he aspires to be. He would love to have a black eye. Would have been the best thing of his life had Ted Cruz even done anything to touch him at all. He would have loved it. All right, we're going to move on to the next person that they bring out here. And they ask this next lady, she is from May Day Indivisible in Pennsylvania. Her name is Bobby. And she's asked about, you know, how they find people. And she doesn't give that much of an answer, but it just illustrates that they do actively seek people out. She actually gives more of a detailed answer and answers to her other questions. But I just want you to hear that this is their strategy. He says they're not stalking people. They're absolutely stalking people. Here's Bobby from Indivisible May Day. Best understand, y'all have developed a team that's actually doing some intentional bird dogging work. Unlike these, the spontaneous experience Benjamin had, y'all are <laughs> yeah, right. searching out these opportunities, correct? Yes. Um, we have about 10 people that have showed up to the multiple events that we've done. Yeah. I love that. 10 people. So, so many people. Not even a dozen. How are you getting good leads for, for finding these events? It's not easy. Um, we have people on newsletters and following and Facebook groups, and we have a lot of feelers out there to figure out where people are going to be and when. And usually it's very short notice when we do find out. Because they get very short notice and, you know, obviously they're going to stalk people and see people out. This is what they do. They have online armies to try and follow people and they actually map out escape routes, which she goes into later. I don't know if I cut any of those clips, but she talks about, yeah, we got on Google maps. We knew where Dr. Oz was going to come out. We knew where, where he was going to start. We followed him the whole way and we had an escape route planned. I, I lived in the area, so I knew how we could get through the woods. We had a couple of escape routes we didn't want to use, but they were on the right. I mean, she talks like they're actively engaged in guerrilla warfare. And some of these clips, and all of those aren't clipped here, but the other guy's acting like that was spontaneous. It wasn't, that's a lie. This next clip, I, I think the next one here, they're going to show her action, which is terrible. It, it's horrible. It seems like the stupidest thing you've ever seen, but there's a purpose for them doing that, and it's for the people they're training. And we'll talk about that after we see the clip. Here's Bobby from Indivisible Mayday again. All right, yeah, this is the bird dogging action that they took. I think this is Dr. Oz they're following here. Dr. Oz, can I ask you about inflation? Uh, what you're seeing her is she said, Dr. Oz, can I ask you about inflation? And there's a horrible vertical video of on the camera, cell phone camera, just behind people where you, can, you can't even hardly see Dr. Oz. They're behind a wall of people. Rights are on the ballot. Yeah, yeah, listen to what she just starts shouting random talking points, progressive talking points here. Here it is. I'm going to start that back from the beginning there so you hear all this. All right. Dr. Oz, can I ask you about inflation? Women's rights are on the ballot. Do you care? Pennsylvania's women care. 
Women want to hear your answers. We're voters, Dr. Oz. Are you going to ignore your constituents? Now we're she's outside. We're possible constituents, Dr. Oz. You're ignoring us. Oh, yeah, listen to that. We're possible constituents, Dr. Oz. Yes, we're, we're possible constituents, Dr. Oz. You're ignoring us. Pennsylvania voters want abortion rights. Women are scared. Women are scared. We're, they're scared. So she's willing to lie and be deceitful in trying to get close to them, and they're willing to commit assault. Uh, in doing bird dogging, but she's hesitant to lie about being a constituent. You heard her say, we're, consti- we're possible constituents, because they're not actually constituents. It, it, but they're trying to make it seem as though they should have a voice with Dr. Osmond. Really, they're just harassing them. So she stood there. She started off with the inflation question, which she explains here in a minute. She was trying to deceive him. And then she just starts shouting out, women are scared. Do you care about women? Who is going to respond to that? Yet, listen to just her explanation, the conversation they have in the aftermath of this. I mean, that was a terrible bird dogging incident. It was horrible. It sucked. That was pathetic. I give it a three out of 10. Yet, let's hear how they talk about it. All right, that's a short one, but it's a it's you've got a lot going on in there. I love how she can't even she, she can't even say it's good. You just got a lot going on in there. It's terrible, but yeah, let's talk about it. All right, here they are. Oh yeah. Um. So, Bobby, tell us a little bit about how um, you set up and prepared for this opportunity with Dr. Oz. Um. We had a very- like that needed any preparation, just shouting out women are scared at a politician that's like 50 feet away, 100 feet away. How long do you think they had to prepare for that, for shouting talking points at someone off in the distance? Just guess in your mind the level of preparation time. We had a very short amount of time to prepare. A short amount of time, five minutes, 10 minutes. How long? We found out about 12 hours before he was going to be there. Uh- 12 hours? That's all they could come up with in 12 hours. Women are scared. Um, we have a great team. We all got together. A team of people. Ideas, rehearsed questions. Um, I happen to be one of the only ones that got in a place where I could ask questions. So it just mm-hmm. kind of came out that way. But we had about six people there ready with questions that we had all prepared ahead of time. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's pathetic. That's awful. Three out of 10. I only give it a three because it actually gets worse. So you can you, you got to leave room for them to go lower, for them to surprise you. So she continues. Okay, and so did you just uh, did you get there early? Did you? How did you kind of place yourself in the audience? We were there about forty five minutes early, and we were aware of where he would be coming in from because he was he was doing a, an interview across the street at a radio station. And I had placed myself somehow to be the first person that he shook hands with when he walked through that door. So he knew we were going to be there as soon as he got there. So they mapped it out. So they did spend their time finding out what his path is going to be. You know, what is JFK's path going to be? They knew what Dr. Oz's path was going to be. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm a little surprised they didn't get a little bit better video than what they got. They probably did. That was what we saw was probably the best that they got. I will say this about her. She has fantastic hair for those watching. Her hair is beautiful. Her bird dogging actions are terrible. But why would they show these horrible bird dogging actions? Well, they just showed one that went viral. So now they're showing one that's just awful. And 
if I'm an activist in training and I'm intimidated by the previous one who, wow, that one went viral. How could I possibly do that? Even though I know I'm just supposed to confront them. Then you show this one and this one is awful. Anybody could do this. Absolutely. And they had 12 hours to prepare. So this creates a standard that is achievable for the people they're training. And what you will see is they actually celebrated this as a success. And you saw it. That, 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 was, that was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. And they had a team of people and 12 hours to plan for it. Anybody could do that, which is exactly the point. Now, it looks like this uh, interaction happened at, towards the end, though. So it looks like maybe you were near exit. Right? I love how all these questions were obviously, they, they talked about them and they know exactly what they're going to say. Just such leading questions. Too. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I'm pretty sneaky. Um, sneaky yeah. I followed him through the restaurant. I kind of kept <laughs> some space, didn't want to interrupt too much, wanted Just to be as polite him. as possible. Um, he did a whole TV interview, which was the majority of his visit. Um, asked him a few questions while he was walking around, which he also ignored. Um, I had Senator Chris Dush blocking me from interacting with him while I was trying to ask questions. I, I wonder why, because you'd been following him. You just said you were following him the whole time. Why would they be blocking you? How, how shocking. And then kind of as a last ditch effort on his way out, I tried to hit him with the inflation question, thinking maybe this is something you do want to talk about. So you'll stop and actually answer me and then I can switch to something else. <laughs> But by that point, I, 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 he didn't even want to discuss that. So. Okay, so she tried to ask the inflation question. She'd been shouting out liberal talking, progressive talking points at him, following him around and says, hey, maybe I should say something about inflation. And then he'll just suddenly stop and talk to the person who's been harassing and stalking him the whole time. This is not a very good bird dogging tactic. Very achievable by all these poor mind control slaves. So, All right, what's the next one here? Okay, so now they're going to show one more. And this will be the last one we're going to show for the drive time news blast. And then we're going to go into the XR and we're going to continue doing this. What we're going to see in the clips I'm going to play in the XR is we're going to see them actually talk about the benefits of getting arrested, of the police being called on them. And we're going to hear one of these activists talk about how they intentionally sabotaged a small business. Literally, they sabotaged a small business. Destroyed someone's livelihood because they disagreed with them. And we're going to hear them talk about it boastfully and cheerfully. It's extraordinary how these people think they're the heroes. They are clearly the villains. It's extraordinary. If you want to get access to that subscriber-only content, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there today. And what you get along with that subscriber-only content is you get this show, the Drive Time News Blast ad-free. You take out all the ads for Patreon subscribers, and you get this show and the XR straight to your private RSS feed that goes to pretty much any podcast app where you listen to your podcast. And yeah, that's how I support the show. You can also support the show by going to the PayPal link that I put in the megaphone. And also, on, I think you can probably find it on the new website. I'm still working on it, but the new website is propagandafight.com. So check that out. And let's go on to this final clip here where we're going to do another little rating. So three out of 10 for the previous direct action or bird dogging action. Let's see what the next action. Let's give it a rating as well. This one was with Doug um, Masteroni. All right, what we're seeing here is it looks like it looks like somebody who has a amputated arm in the video, but we don't see much in the video. It's another bad camera shot. Oh, sorry, sorry. And yeah, you can't see anything. 
Next up. Doug, can you tell us why you advertise on Gab? That's it. That's it. Can you tell us why you advertise on Gab? Okay, that's it. That's the bird dogging. Can you tell us why you advertise on Gab? They're showing this to people as success, and we're going to hear her talk about that here. I'm going to let you hear a little bit more of this before we go to the XR, because I want you to hear her explanation for this one, because as stupid as these are, they, they frame these as success stories, because it's not about this brainwashing. You know, It's not about actually getting people to do things. It's about brainwashing people into thinking that they're doing something, because if they set the level of success very low and people do very little, something like this, just film themselves at the back of a crowd shouting something, why are you on Gab? Then if they consider that to be a success, people will continue with that action. They give them that system of rewards. They promote them on social media. Say, look at so-and-so shouting it at this person who is the evil. And they, they get a bunch of likes on Twitter and stuff. It's a real indoctrination system. I mean, this is the subversion of America. This going on in communities around across the country. Obviously, it's not massive because this woman only has 10 people showing up to her events, but it's still, they are relentless. They do not stop with these efforts. Here is some of the discussion about the aftermath, about how this one came together, how much time they had before we give them a rating. How much time did they have to prepare for what we just witnessed? I'll let you guys go ahead and speculate. How much preparation time did it take to come up with this? Another short video. Looks like there was a lot happening there. Again, she can't say it's good because it's terrible. A lot happening there. I'm kind of behind a wall of people. Here it is. We had even less time to plan for this event. We found out um, at midnight the night before that we had to be there. They found out at midnight the night before. That It took them that long to come up with this. Why were they up at midnight the night before? Let's find out managed to assemble a team um managed we to. were out celebrating the oz event when we found out so our team happened to be together they were celebrating they were out getting drunk celebrating that oz event that we saw where all they did was shout women are scared they were celebrating that what a joke and we had one person googling the map of the place it was going to be at so that we had safety concerns taken care of and we had one person writing down questions and possible things that we wanted to ask him. Um, at that event, we actually managed to hang a sign that said women's rights or human rights Great in job. front of him. And we, we planned that out all very quickly the night before going there. Okay, so there we have it. We set this standard really low, as I've mentioned. I'm, I'm recording this kind of in chunks. This is a pre-record, so I know that I have repeated myself. I'm doing that so I can get myself back to where I was, so my apologies for some of that there. But this part of the brainwashing operation there is you show this group of people something awful, but then you call it successful and something they can achieve because that's what you just need them to do. You need them to just be on board with it. So they have to feel like they're doing something and celebrate the horrible action. And this is how you fight off that demoralization effect of trying to go viral is you fight it off with delusion. And that's what they're filling these people's minds with is a level of delusion. And that's where we're going to wrap it up today. We're going to continue this conversation in the XR. Thank you guys for watching. You can find that XR content again at patreon.com slash propaganda report. And, you can find the Propaganda Report podcast wherever you find your podcast or at the new website, propagandafight.com. Thank you guys, as always, for listening, and thank you for your support. We will talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.